Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Drunk Poet Podcast, where we will be enjoying drinks and appetizers and discussing all things poetry. I'm your host, Molly Dickin, and today we will be drinking Barone Fine Pinot Grigio, and we'll be discussing the steps for self-publishing a poetry book. I am on the brink of releasing my debut poetry book titled I Kissed the Devil in the Pouring Rain, which I am self-publishing, so I thought it would be a very fitting topic for our first episode. If you're joining me for a drink today as we chat, I highly recommend pairing this with a cheese tart of sorts, such as a brie and tomato tart or a mushroom truffle mozzarella tart. Another delicious option is a spinach and artichoke dip with tortilla chips or veggies. I am on glass two right now on an empty stomach, but have a brie and tomato tart from Trader Joe's that is starting to smell very tasty in the oven as we speak. Before we get further into the podcast, I do want to note that no products or companies that I mentioned today are sponsored. They are just my own personal recommendations. So before we get into the publishing specifics, I want to talk about the importance of your content being cohesive and something that people will want to buy, because the rest of these steps are going to be moot if your content isn't there. I will be discussing how to do this in a future episode, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Once you're happy with your content and the way that your poetry book flows as a whole, take your time to research different publishing companies. I can't stress enough that you'll want to be very thorough with your research. I researched for months and ended up choosing Mindster Media, who I highly recommend working with. For me, choosing this company was based on a variety of things, such as reasonable pricing, the amount of things that they offer, and the fact that it is a non-exclusive contract with them, which means that not only can I republish in the future with a different publishing house if I choose to, but I own all of the content and am therefore able to sell my own merchandise. A lot of self-publishing companies will offer editing services as well, but I personally have found that they tend to charge a lot more in addition to the basic publishing package and have found it to be more affordable to choose my own editor. The great thing about editing poetry over other types of books is that you can workshop each poem individually multiple times without it being quite as overwhelming, which it certainly can be if you're looking over a different type of entire manuscript. I highly recommend workshopping each poem with people that you know that can speak to the content as well as the structure before hiring an editor. Even if you think that it's totally good to go, I personally find it worth it to hire a proofreader. Lots of editors will want to charge more for content feedback, and if you need this service, absolutely go for it. However, I do recommend being content with your content and choosing a proofreader instead in order to save money. I used Readsy in order to find an editor, which is free to sign up for, and I was able to explain my project and request a quote from five different editors. Each one gave me a timeline, a price quote, and detailed services included in their offer. I chose the person that made the most sense to me because he was someone I could afford, and he didn't pressure me into affording any services purchasing any services. I think this wine is starting to hit me already. Other than the one service I was looking for, which was proofreading. And he was highly qualified for it. 
Three of the editors did offer me a quote, but at a much higher cost, where they added all kinds of additional services that I had already made clear that I was not in need of. This led me to realizing that they were more in it for making money than they were for doing justice to the content of my book and understanding the page that I was on as a writer. Illustrations is also something very important to consider as well. Some poetry books have them and some do not. I am not here to promote choosing an illustrated poetry book over an unillustrated poetry book or photography poetry book. This is just simply me expressing that it's something to consider and kind of the major points if you do decide to go with an illustrator. The illustrator for my book is Cheyenne Roberge. I was lucky enough that Cheyenne is a very close friend of mine, so our collaboration came very naturally. She is a graphic design student who went to the same college as me, whose work I was already familiar with. If you do choose to work with someone that you know, I would highly advise making sure that you're familiar with their style as well as their work ethic and are comfortable sharing concerns with them. Otherwise, this could lead to a very awkward situation when it comes to asking for changes to be made or holding your illustrator accountable to a timeline or any other potential issues that could arise with an illustrator. If you're in college and your school has a graphic design program, lots of students, I am sure, would probably jump at the opportunity to have their work in a professional publication. So this might be a more affordable option um, for a lot of people. And Readsy, which is the uh, website that I had previously mentioned finding my editor on, is also a great resource for illustrations for your book, as well, of lo- as well as, God, this wine is really hitting me, lots of websites such as Fiverr, where many people are eager for art commissions. Make sure that you see a portfolio first. I cannot stress this enough. Somebody could be an incredible writer and another person could be an absolutely incredible illustrator. But if the style of the illustrations don't match the style of the writing, then it's not going to be a good mix, no matter how talented both people are. I also would suggest definitely... Discussing with prospective illustrators whether or not you have a very specific vision in mind for not only the style, but the actual content in these illustrations, or if it's something that you want to give your illustrator free reign to have full creative control, or something between these two options. For me, I told... Cheyenne, my illustrator, that she was welcome to do whatever she wants and have full creative control, but I also provided her with a list of suggestions of images that I thought would pair well with the content in the book that I have written. You also will want to make sure that you own the images (laughs) that the illustrator designs so that they will be unique to your book rather than appear in multiple, being sold over and over again. And again, this is helpful if you want the option to sell merchandise that includes illustrations as well as words from your book. So now you have an editor, an illustrator, and a completed manuscript and have looked into publishing companies. 
Before you sign a contract, you'll want to read it over, find out what bookselling platforms your book will be available on, and make sure that it will have an ISBN and barcode as well as a copyright notice. Something to know is that while several self-publishing companies state copyright notice as being an item included in your package, they are not officially the ones filing it. Rather, they are stating it in the book that you own the copyright to it. While this should be enough proof that you are the owner, I think it is worth taking the extra step to legally file your book with the U.S. Copyright Office, as it will make it a much smoother process if anyone were to attempt to steal your work. Formatting is something to consider as well. A lot of self-publishing companies will not charge very much, but are also less likely to provide you with a custom interior formatting or a professional book cover if you choose a company that provides less of a custom package. With regard to a book cover, make sure that whether you have done it through a publishing, publishing company, done it yourself, or hired a freelance graphic designer you will be getting not only a custom cover, but a custom back cover and spine as well. I have seen some books that have a striking front cover that clearly had so much love and time put into it, but the spine and back are not cohesive, so that immediately makes the book look unprofessional. I know that we've all heard the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover, but I would encourage you to scratch that from your memory when it comes to publishing. While the content is the most important thing, nobody is going to even take the time to read your content and determine if they like it if you don't have a book that is visually appealing. What I did was honestly spend a lot of time in the poetry section at my local Barnes & Noble to familiarize myself with what I like and what I don't like about a variety of poetry books. I paid attention to the size of the book, the formatting of the book, and which books caught my attention immediately due to the color and design on the cover. One note that I want to make about self-publishing is that you are hiring a company. So if there is something that you don't like about your book design or your experience, feel free to express that to them. You are hiring them for a job, so you don't need to feel awkward or guilty for kindly asking them to make adjustments. A huge draw of self-publishing is the creative control it allows you to have. So don't forget that you are fully in the driver's seat of your project. The poetry book of the week this week is I Would Leave Me If I Could by Ashley Frangipani, a.k.a. Halsey. If you don't already have a copy, I highly recommend getting your hands on one. She has them available at all major book retailers. I got mine, which was the limited edition that came with four extra poems from Barnes & Noble. I don't want to spoil anything about this book for those of you that haven't read it, but I will note that in an interview I watched, she shared that the biggest difference between her songwriting and her poetry writing is that her poetry is completely unformulated and unfiltered, which makes it more vulnerable than when writing songs and cutting out significant pieces in order to make it appeal more on the radio. I hope that you have found this episode to be helpful. And next week, we will be drinking Merlot, which can be paired nicely with mushroom Asiago caps or baked brie with drizzled honey, both delicious options. I look forward to chatting with you then, and I hope you all have a delightful week.